Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm the director of the Practice Identity Nexus Management here at Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today is again, has been quite some time, is um, Dr. Philip Messerschmidt. He is lead advisor at Kupinger Call. Hi, Philip. Good to see you. Hi, Matthias. Thank you for your invitation. Great to have you. And usually at that point, at an, at an episode, I introduced the topic, but this time we change. I hand this description of the topic over to you. What will you share with us today? What will you talk about? What is your, uh, your brief insight? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, today I would like to share my experience regarding the five most common problems, uh, misunderstandings or expectations when selecting a new software or a new tool. Um, as you and, and hopefully also our audience know, Cooking a Call supports its customers in selecting tools in different areas. And one of those areas is I am um, where we regularly support our clients and we do that with our proven methodology. That sounds great. And, um, and you highlight the methodology. Of course, we are um, using that methodology. We have uh, developed it and we use that for what we call these tool choices. So, To get, get the, to give the audience a bit of an insight into what we are doing, can you briefly explain the methodology? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, so I think one of the most important aspects of any tool's choice is good preparation. So before you get in touch with a vendor or a solution, you should build a solid foundation and create some kind of playbook where you ensure that all topics that are important to you as a company are covered. And to do this, um, you need to answer a series of questions that can be divided into sections. So the first one to start with is the enterprise side. And the most important questions with that side are, uh, what is important to me as a company? And what are my expectations on, of a new solution? So the second um, is the market side. And here you need to make sure that you contact all relevant vendors but not too many. So therefore it is important which types of vendors are relevant and which vendors should be contacted with the details. And on the ent enterprise side, uh, we perform workshops with our customers to assess the status quo. Um, in the workshops, we use the Copinger Coal Identity Fabrics and the IAM reference architecture uh, as a solid and proven structure. And based on this structure, we identify and discuss all areas relevant to the customer and ensure that future trends are also covered. So this approach leads us from observations about challenges and expectations to requirements that we can confront the vendors with in a, in a questionnaire. Um, however, this questionnaire is only the first half of what you need at this stage. So the second objective is to create some kind of shortlist um, with vendors you want to contact. And therefore, for the market side, uh, you need to assess with which market segment uh, you need to look for potential vendors and create a long list of candidates. And in the next step, uh, you want to reduce that long list to a short list based on the key elements from the business side. So examples for those key elements uh, could be how is, uh, is the solution implemented, so on-premise or software as a service, Uh, who will operate the service? Will it be operated in-house or through a managed service provider? Or where's the focus of the service or vendor? So this could be um, in America and Europe, Asia, or even more specifically on country level. 
And as a new analyst house, we are in close contact with these vendors and also have good overview of the market. So with our research portfolio of leadership compasses, we already have predefined market segments and uh, vendor assessments for these segments. And of course, our clients can rely uh, on this research, which, which makes it much easier for us as Cooking a Coal to, to support on the market side and to create a long and short list. And with both sides being covered at this point, uh, you have two deliverables in your hand. So a questionnaire with your requirements and a short list with vendors to contact. And the next step, you want to bring both sides together by sending out the questionnaire. So as a result to this, um, the vendors will obviously answer the questions that need to be evaluated uh, at a later point in time. Um, in addition to the questionnaire, uh, you have the vendor presentations um, that are another good source of information. At these presentations, the vendor uh, has the opportunity to present himself and the solution to the potential customer. On the other hand, this live demonstration also gives the audience a better insight into how the solution looks and, and works. And together, the vendor presentation and the evaluated questionnaire form a good basis for a decision. So in addition to that, um, in case there is more in-depth demonstration or technical knowledge required, uh, a proof of concept phase can be carried out. And in such a phase, the vendor installs its solution as some kind of light version in the customer's environment and prepares predefined use case to demonstrate how the solution works and solves potential problems the customer may have. But in my personal experience, the POC phase is considered optional by customers and is therefore often skipped. Wow, and that... That is really the full process as you've just described it. And that sounds like quite a complex process uh, to find such a suitable solution. And with this approach, what are your experiences? How long does this really take to go through the full process with the customer? So we usually plan around four to six months from the kickoff uh, to the final decision. Um, this gives us enough time so that delays due to vacation times, illness, or delivery problems from the vendors uh, do not jeopardize the communicated milestones of our customers. Right. So um, this this long time period, which is almost half a year, if you if you do it correctly, um, that leaves plenty of time to make assumptions and to make incorrect assumptions, which leads me to the actual topic of this podcast episode, Philip. What do you think are the five most common problems when selecting tools, when this is executed? What, from your experience, can go wrong and lead to wrong decisions? Yeah, just let's start with the first one, um, which is the following statement. So a tool selection can be done within a week. Uh, as always, there's a little bit of truth in every statement. Uh, in this case, um, while it is true that you can choose a tool within a week, such a decision would certainly not have a solid foundation. So, for example, you cannot perform uh, any kind of requirements analysis, no vendor communications, no vendor presentations. Within a week, you, you might be able to review websites and do some desk research. Well, that, but that's quite obvious. So, so one week without proper ex um, and examining what your environment and what your specific requirements are, that, that is, um, that is obvious. Why is this still a problem or 
to put it differently, why do the responsible managers still do this? Yeah, my, my personal opinion, the only reason can to be um, that they try to save money and time. Uh, but for sure, they, they pay much more money and invest much more time um, than they can save by their behavior. And, and if the decision is bad and the solution does not meet the company's expectations. Absolutely. And I think we cannot go without this requirements um, engineering phase. We might talk later about a, a, a quick start towards this um, approach, nevertheless, to get at least to shortlists or something like that. But in general, um, yes, that is um, a, a, a really an issue because just picking from the paper form of what you can see on websites can just not be the solution. I fully agree with that. Next problem, what would be your second guess? What are typical five problems when it comes to making? Yeah, making making mistakes on that way. Yeah, two other problems I often encounter are in the requirements analysis phase. So when we ask experts from operations to describe their daily problems and how these can be translated into requirements, we often get answers such as um, the approval process is bad, tool X, Y can do it much better, uh, something like that. And as an advisor, I have two problems with these responses. The first is that the expert is pointing to a specific solution at a time when, when no one is talking about a technical solution yet. So that means that he is highlighting a very specific situation or a process um, where a possible solution could help um, without looking at other people's requirements. So it is always important to gather all the requirements first before you make a hasty decision here. And the second problem um, with the statement is a bit more high level. So business experts often take care uh, of the day-to-day -day business and therefore have a very strong focus on operational challenges. Um, however, these challenges may change in the future and may not be a problem in two, five, or maybe 10 years. Um, when I would have to decide for a new solution that will be used for years, I would want to make sure that uh, it will be able to handle those future challenges. And therefore, it is not enough to focus on the status quo. I also need to consider strategic development and activities in advance. Understood. But um, I wonder if people are really ignoring future trends that impact that business at all. Usually, if there is a new shiny tool with a new shiny functionality, that is a, a selling proposition. That is something that highlights even the role of such a product. Uh, when choosing such an appropriate tool, you have to be at least a little bit forward thinking and look at these new features, especially when they promise to solve future issue. Yeah, sure, sure. You are right. Um, and maybe it's not as bad as I'm describing it now. Uh, usually there are a few requirements that are focused on the next two or three years maybe, um, but that often doesn't cover all the, up the upcoming trends you should look at. Okay, then that is three. What would be problem number four out of this top five? So problem number four is about self-reflection. So many of our customers strongly believe that they are different from other competitors or the market itself. Um, and therefore, earlier or later, they try to adapt the tool to their specific niche, uh, needs, such as uh, processes or reporting lines. And usually they end up spending a lot of money without improving their situation. 
So my hint would be vendors watch the market and develop their tool to meet best practices and regulatory requirements. If you want to design your own process or whatever, uh, make sure you have a good reason to step away from standard and best practices. Yeah, or at least have enough money to do so by, by extending the product while it might not be necessary. Yeah, true. So last problem, number five, what would be the final thing that you experienced or have noticed when doing such, yeah, such um, um, consulting situations? The last problem I want to highlight is along the same lines. So these particular customers also believe that a new tool will solve all their problems. So from my experience, I can tell you that this is not the case. So bad processes remain bad, uh, even with a new technical solution. If you really want to change and improve your situation, you must also address organizational and functional challenges while implementing the new solution. I understand. So we have five problems. So that might also need to five recommendations. If you summarize that, what would be the sum of these problems fixed or solved? Yeah, I, I will. I will briefly summarize that as recommendations instead of problems. So first one would be take your time to choose a new tool. One week is not enough. Second, don't talk about tools while collecting requirements. Third, consider trends and future challenges to decide on a future-proof solution. Fourth, you, your pro processes and your requirements are not special. Review established market solutions and identify best practices to follow. And last but not least, a new technical solution will not solve all your problems, especially not the organizational and not functional challenges. Great, thanks. So that is a great summary of what you just mm -hmm. highlighted when it comes to executing such tools choices. So we, as Kupinger Cole, have just come up with a new digital service that might help or should help in that context as well. And I think many of the of the recommendations that you've just given apply here just the same. So um, we are offering KC Open Select, a platform where you can online as a digital service um, can select in different market segments, starting out with passwordless authentication, um, have a look at the products that are around and You specify your requirements and then you drill down into the market, ending up very quickly in a long list to short list approach. But all this can only work if you have made your homework, if you have actually executed your requirements analysis. And that is still valid at that point. So just because you move over to a tool which really can speed up the 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 um yeah the shortlisting process you always have to build upon your own requirements would you agree would you agree here yeah absolutely as i mentioned the process uh, remains a requirements analysis is very important to understand the business side Right, and you've mentioned the trends and future future challenges. Of course, when you when we look at vendors in inside this KC Open Select platform, we always will also highlight highlight their specific their yeah, uh, selling propositions. Where are they better? Where do they differ? Um, where do they excel? So that will be something that um, really can help. And I think all the five recommendations that you've mentioned really help in also using such a tool that will take over one part of the selection process. Um, of course, 
the other steps, as you've mentioned, not just within a week, need to be executed properly as well. So do the homework, homework before, have a look at KC Open Select and get to a shortlist that really helps you in, in moving forward towards a new solution. But additional steps, including talking to the vendors, having them present the solution, having a demo or a, even a POC are still required. But I think, um, nevertheless, this digital service that we offer really can speed up part of that process um, very easily. And I really recommend the audience to have a look at that um, starting mid of February. Thank you, Philip, for, for sharing your insights. Any final thoughts that you want to add when it comes to extending, for example, such a traditional advisory approach for, for or tools choice with such automated um, support? Uh, I fully agree. Such an automated solution will not replace the, the approach itself. It can speed it up, it can help you, uh, but you still need all the other faces as well to come to a good decision. Right. What you can do is the scenario testing and say, okay, I changed this requirement. What does that mean for the resulting list? So you have more a, a yeah, um, a scenario technique in, play, in place and available, but th that really can also help in getting a better understanding of the market. And if you need more information about the market and maybe you need advisory support, we are still here to help and to support you in that um, in these phases that are not well covered in such a digital tool. Thank you again, Philip, for sharing your knowledge, your insight, and your experience with the audience. Uh, thank you for helping me also having a quick hint at this new service. It's free. Have a look at it um, and start with looking at uh, password-less authentication uh, solutions. Um, looking forward to having you, Philip, in a, one upcoming episode very soon again. And yeah, that's it for today. Thank you very much for listening and bye-bye.